Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. into free agency here's a calm um i'm excited we're getting into we're inching closer and closer to the draft and i remember saying the other day just i love embracing the new team the new teammates the new members of the team and it's exciting so we're counting down three weeks to the draft right todd yeah 14 yeah like a one day over three weeks 22 days oh my gosh (laughs) how you feeling I cannot wait, dude. I can't wait. I mean, honestly, the 49ers trading up just made it so much more intriguing. What are they going to do? I think they're going to draft Justin Fields. You think they're going to draft Mac Jones, right? Mm, I think they're going to go Fields, too. After okay, okay. I saw a video <laughs> of, of Shanahan talking about the threat of the the, um, the read option. Mm, yeah, RG3. <laughs> Yeah, so I think he's gonna go fields. <laughs> yeah, I think he's gonna go fields, but I just but we we don't know, and so I just man, I cannot wait. I love the draft so much. Like I get just as excited about the draft as I do the season. I think it's just so much fun. So I, I'm like I'm super excited and anxious, and I'm glad it's warming up. I I I hate that the bugs are starting to come out. I have I cannot. <laughs> Can't stand bugs more than I want. I was uh, from from work today. I had a survey and I have to go to like job sites and survey spaces. And then afterwards, it was like it was in uh, the Crystal City area. If you're from this area, nice little city area. And then I went to Chick-fil-A and got some lunch since I was over there. And there's a little courtyard. And I was like, I'm going to sit outside and eat lunch because, you know, why not? It's nice outside. My Chick-fil-A. So I went and sat down at one of the little tables in the courtyard and immediately this huge, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a bee, a wasp, a hornet. I don't know what it was, but immediately it started buzzing all over my food. (laughs) And usually I would just like run away, but my food was there. There were people around. So I I just had to like, (laughs) I had to, I had to appear strong and grab my food and walk away briskly (laughs) without running. In my heart, I was very fearful. And then I got home and I opened my door and this huge, again, hornet or something is right outside mm. of my door. Dude, so I'm good and I'm I'm happy for the warm weather, but I cannot stand bugs. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, I, in, my, in the basement, uh, we have like uh, spider crickets. Oh, no. And absolutely not. <laughs> And it's the winter has been gone. So, I mean, the winter has been there. So I have a good four months of no spider crickets. But every day prior to that, I was killing one, at least at least one a day. It's oh. just a matter of finding where it was. Dude, are you serious? Every day? Every single day. So I'm oh bracing. I'm literally gosh. bracing for that. And, you, and, and like the way I kill them, it's like you can't. You can't can like, jump, right? Yeah. So you can't oh, just put a napkin no. over it. So what oh. I do is I, I grab like this big uh notebook that's uh, like wide okay and just stand over top of it and then drop it on there and then like it's so thick like the the, the spider the spider cricket is oh. so thick so it's like when you pick it up you're like goodness is that's this a mouse <laughs> oh my god i oh my gosh i hate that so much i hate that that's the one area in my life where i'm not super manly that's yeah, the one thing for me is bugs <laughs> and spider crickets. I, I haven't seen, I haven't had one in a while, but I remember them and oh, they're like, oh, gosh, I'm so scared. You just, that was terrifying. 
I don't want to talk about kill this. Him. We have to kill him because if you, you don't do. kill him, yet, because if not, they're going to just be, you know, we're going to be wondering like where, yes. why not, you know. And they can jump. And see, that's the thing for me is like spiders are one thing because I'm, mean, but they just, they can just move fast. Mm-hmm. It's really the flying and buzzing yeah, and the yeah. like jumping that gets me. Yes, yes. The unpredictable nature of the bugs. Yeah, that, exactly. Like for, for, for bees and stuff, it's, it's, it's the buzzing. It's hearing the buzzing in my ear that, oh my, it's just so unsettling. And then jumping. Oh gosh. Okay. I don't know why we're talking about this, but um, uh, I have a request for everyone who listens. Many of you have already, and you've gone and, and, and um, I mean, subscribe of course, but the request is not to subscribe. The request is to rate our podcast. You don't even have to leave a review. But if you have a, I'm going to tell you how to do it. If you have an iPhone or an iPad, because you can only do it on the Apple Podcasts app. So if an iPhone or an iPad, go to the Apple Podcasts app, open or search for our podcast. You know the name because you're listening to it. And just leave a rating. You don't even have to leave a review. If you leave a review, we'd love that even more. And we'll for sure shout it out on the show. But even if you don't want to take the time to type something up, just leave a rating ideally five stars, you know, uh, but however you feel, but leave a rating. Uh, I think we're at 27 or so. The goal is 50 by the draft. Mm. The goal is 50 ratings by 20 in the next 22 days. So if you can do that, that would be a huge help. I would really, or we would really, really appreciate it. So again, go to the Apple podcast app on your iPhone or iPad, and then just scroll down and where the stars are, just tap on the fifth star, Tap on the fifth star. You can't, I don't think you can go back. So tap on the fifth star and then that'll be leaving the rating. So help us out with that. And as always, this episode, or this, yeah, this episode is brought to you by Hot Chicken Kitchen in Woodbridge, Virginia. Try them out. And we'll look forward to trying to do some more stuff there as the season comes around next year. So having said all that, Tay, we've talked about the bugs and the draft and whatnot. Um, let me ask you one quick question on the name. How do you feel about the name Sentinels? Mm, I don't really like that. Um, yeah. I, whatever the name is, I'm going to get behind it 100%. Right. So I don't care what it, but I just wouldn't prefer that. No, um, I, I, I have to look, I have to look into that. Actually, I have to look into, I don't know what a Sentinel it's is. Like a, it's like a guard who like guards, I think. It's like a guard. It's like a military <laughs> good guard. Thing. It's a guard, <laughs> not like Brandon Sheriff, but <laughs> um, <Jay> Gruden guard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also a, a an uh, a robotic creature from the Matrix movie. To anyone who's familiar with those movies, but I hate the name Sentinels. That's why I was asking. I can't stand it. I've seen people talk about it. Like you said, we're going to support it no matter what. But <laughs> they became the Washington Sentinels. <laughs> I think yeah, that the way I feel about that name is the way other people feel about like red wolves or, or wolves. Even I'm not on red wolves anymore, but wolves I am. Right. I can, if that's how you feel about that, if it's the same way I feel about sentinels then I understand because if they became the sentinels, I would just be like, okay. Um, other than that today, the team hired as they continue to kind of set the example and standard for these, for these sort of things and diversity, uh, Natalia Durantes as coordinator of football programs. And I think to summarize her role, it's chief of staff, you know, like what the president has or, or whatnot. She's going to be the chief of staff in the organization. And I think that's super cool. I love what Ron Rivera and Jason Wright are putting together here. And so that was very cool to wake up to this morning. Yeah, I agree. Um, that was that's that, that's huge and it just goes along with changing the culture it shows that you know ron isn't just interested in and in just doing it because just because you know but he's actually genuine and, cons- and sincere about it i'd like the fact that he goes into those women women forums i think they're called right right yeah. he does with roger Goodell, and it seems like every time he he goes to one of those he ends up bringing someone on staff. I think right. it's twice he did one in 2018 with Jennifer King and then mm-hmm. uh, this yeah. year with, with Nat- Natalia. So uh, I think that's that's huge. And that gives the women some, um, especially with the past 
situation we had here in Washington with the um, the bombshell report. I think it's good to have these some of these women in authority to help out and uh, just kind of build that that culture back up. So I loved it, and I am looking forward to it. Yeah, she is the NFL's first Latina chief of staff. So that's really cool. And I love that there's a lot of firsts going on around here. Um, also, in other news, not 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 quite along the same lines, but Dan Snyder is now 100% uh, has or has 100% ownership of the organization. Uh, it's interesting how it all kind of ended in him having that <laughs> uh, when you know it seemed like well maybe he was going to have to sell, and now he just kind of owns all of it. And at this point. Uh, the best hope for a fan of the organization or anything is that he will legit just take the step back that he has taken and continue to do so. And that even if worst case scenario, Ron Rivera fails as head coach, that whoever he hires next, he uh, he takes the step back again. He just continues to do it. That's our biggest hope because he is the owner now and again, short of something so incriminating that forces him to sell I think he wants this team and his family for ever. You know, he wants to pass it down to his kids so he won't just sell it for fun. So yeah, that's, I don't really have any thoughts on that. It's just something that happened. He is now the full owner of the team. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. No, I don't. Okay. Mm-hmm. So having said all that, we're going to go into our conversation we had with. Do you want to touch on? Touch okay. on uh, Rivera's press conference. I had a couple highlights from. That. Okay, go ahead. Um, a couple highlights from Ron's press conference was uh, William Jackson III. When talking about him, his eyes lit up, and just talking about the potential of him traveling, and how it gives the the defense more diversity. And he kind of gave us a lot without giving us much about how I think he's going to be traveling receivers. He said he could shut down one side of the field. And, uh, that was encouraging. And another point you talked about Sadiq Charles is his eyes light up, lit up once again, talking about Sadiq Charles, whether it's left, left guard, right guard, left tackle, right tackle. Seems like he can play every position on the line. So that's encouraging. And then about the franchise quarterback, he said that in Carolina, he had the luxury of picking, of having, of getting his franchise quarterback right away. But in this situation, it's not the same. So he doesn't mind waiting and building and then going out to get the quarterback. So I thought those are three interesting pieces there. And, um, yeah, so it gave us a little insight. I find it ironic that we find out last minute that there's a press conference as opposed to previous years. We know like a week ago, you know, like a week before. But I guess it's just this new regime just – keeping everybody on their toes. And it seems like even the local beat writers don't know until like an hour before or 30 minutes before. So, um, yeah, that's a couple of things I noticed from that, that press conference that I wrote down. It's, it's nice that the person who runs the organization speaks regularly, mm-hmm. right? There's no scapegoat situations. So, uh, okay. I think that's all I've got. I'm sorry. I forgot to, to go to that, but uh, so now we, we're good to go to our sit down with uh, Damian Bartonic. You may know him from his own show, Dame's Drop Back, but he is just very uh, educated, does his research. And so we talk a lot about NFL draft and, and, you know, not so much quarterback, obviously some quarterback, but we talk about offensive line and linebacker, two positions of need for this team. Linebacker, especially being one that seems like will be keyed on at some point in the, you know, early on in the draft. And so we cover guys in all three rounds and get his thoughts and share our thoughts. And so fun conversation. Great guy. Check out his show again. Dame's drop back. Uh, Follow him on Twitter. And yeah, we'll get right into it. So here is our conversation with Damian Bartonic. If you love a good chicken sandwich, you have to go to Hot Chicken Kitchen in Woodbridge, Virginia. They are a minority-owned, veteran-owned small business, and they've brought Nashville-style hot chicken to the D.C. area. Their chicken sandwich is one of the best you'll ever have, and you can't get it anywhere else. Hot Chicken Kitchen in Woodbridge, Virginia. Look them up. Try it out. You won't regret it. 
We are delighted to be joined by Damian Bartonic of his own show, Dame's Dropback. You may have listened to his first episode where he was talking with Deron Payne. A great conversation, great guy, huge fan of the team, and just super, super knowledgeable. So thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thank y'all for having me. It's an honor. I'm blessed, and I just I can't wait to talk football with y'all, man. Y'all know y'all stuff, and I enjoy everything y'all do. So I'm excited. We're flattered. We're flattered. Thank you. You know, we 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 pretend pretty well like we know our stuff <laughs> we're good actors but so all right we're going to talk some offensive line and linebacker because those seem like the two that just kind of really seem to make sense at 19 however it shakes out who knows what will happen but there's one player I want to ask you first I'm gonna go O-line who's kind of you're hearing his name he's kind of in the in the I don't know uh highlight whatever he's being highlighted right now by a lot of people that's Tevin Jenkins so I kind of want to know what you think about him. I know he's more, or he's played more right tackle, but he also has a lot of a mean streak to him. So what have you seen from him? So I like Tevin Jenkins a lot. Uh, shout out to the pod father, my guy, Burgundy Zone. Um, you know, I know he's really high on him as well. But my only concern is that he is a, prim- a primarily right tackle. Morgan Moses played a really good, had a really good year this year. I wouldn't personally draft him at 19, just because I don't feel like that's a major position of need. And while like some may say left tackle isn't, if a guy like Darisaw was there, you get the ceiling razor in him immediately, I believe, at 19. But in Tevin's case, like, he is a very good prospect. He doesn't allow sacks, doesn't allow pressures. Uh, he's a really good player, uh, you know, really tried and tested and stuff like that. But at right tackle, I personally wouldn't go there. But, like I said, he's a good player. Uh, I, I, I saw that he said uh, Tennessee at uh, 24 could, should take him, and I agree. I'm in that same boat. I think that would be a great pick for them as well. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I, he's he's – See, he was a guy that seemed like more of a second round kind of talk, and now he's creeping his way into the first. And it's always interesting because it's it's on the outside where the fans and the media guys go up and down <laughs> significantly. And in NFL rooms, they're probably like he's where he's been the whole time, you know. But <laughs> yeah, nineteen. Okay. Um. So then the other player uh, that would probably make sense that you mentioned is Darisaw. Talk to us about him and say if you think he'll even be there at nineteen. Oh yeah, no. I I, I personally think um you know. I think Minnesota will probably take him uh, early, a little bit earlier just because he's right now. They So Minnesota likes to run those zone uh, running schemes and stuff like that. And Washington kind of found more success as they went to that, you know, later in the season. Uh, but for Washington, he'd be a great selection. I mean, he's much more polished in the run game than he is in the pass protection aspect right now. Uh, he's a little handsy, but in the run game, he, he's amazing. I mean, athletically, he can get to the second level and make a tough block. I mean, he can really cross defender spaces and get his hands on him and, you know, pancakes for days just like morgan moses you know what i mean so yeah. he's a very good player uh he'd be a fantastic you know fit he'd definitely be a, a ceiling raiser for that offensive line uh, just because of how talented he is how young he is and uh, i've seen some people make a comp to trent williams and if washington can get anything like that back on their offensive line i think they'd be cooking with gas okay so two follow-up questions for you one if you draft him at 19 is he your day one starter and lucas becomes your swing uh yeah i mean I'm not going to lie. Like, obviously, I think it would just be an open competition, but I think he's so talented. I think you'd have to start him. He'd give you no reason uh, not to start him. I think he's that good. Okay. Second question. You said Minnesota. They are at 14, right? Yes. Yes. So do you have Slater, Sewell, and Darasaw gone by 14? Yes. I have Slater going. So not to, not to you know, tell you too much about my mock draft. Yeah, I know you have a mock draft coming yeah. out tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I, do have, I do have Slater uh, going early. Uh, I have Sewell going early, and I have okay. Darasaw right after them. Uh that's not necessarily how my LTs go. It's my LTs are uh, Sewell, Darisaw, and then Slater. Gotcha. But I'm not mad at, if someone said, "Hey, Slater's LT two. It's I'm not. I'm not going to argue that. Okay. Um, another one, Samuel Cosme, who is just seems like a really athletic guy. You know, fast, quick, has good feet, um, but also more of a second round maybe sort of value guy. Uh, why is that? And where do you see him fitting best, left or right? Uh, I think left personally, uh, he's, you know, he has a lot of experience though. He's played for three seasons. Uh, he does get a little handsy. I love that word when I'm talking about linemen, cause it's kind of what you can call. They just really got to grab happy. Uh, he is a little bit raw in terms of his pass protection, but like you, like you mentioned, he is a great athlete. He's also a huge man. He's six, seven, three, 14. Uh, he is a, he's a mammoth. And, uh, I think I personally have him going in the first round as well. Uh, spoiler alert, but, uh, I just think <laughs> a pure, you know, just his, his frame on top, on top of the fact that he's very athletic. I think he can play left tackle. You know, the NFL just naturally values that more than right tackle. I could see him going in the first round as well. Okay. 
I'm gonna throw one more at you. No, I'm just I'm just shooting at you real quick. But I'm like I said, man, you're just taking them straight. <laughs> okay, so uh, a name that came up from Chad Forbes NFL draft bites, kind of in a weird way, a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. right? But Landon Dickerson, right? Uh-huh. Uh, where he was just he was saying how you know he won the what the Outlander Award, right? Yeah, right. Uh, for left tackle, played at Alabama, um, and he's a guy that he said Washington. He thinks they're hoping he's there at 51. Again, not probably a first round guy, but what are your thoughts on him? Uh, I know I personally, I've seen a lot of, a lot of people say he should probably slide on the inside, uh, play, you know, more center or guard or something like that. Uh, I know he is also a very good athlete as well. It's kind of interesting how we're seeing all these linemen, these big men, just crazy athletes these days. Uh, but personally with, for me, if Washington was to go, you know, offensive line, like a Darisaw at 19 or, um, something like that, I wouldn't go 51 linemen personally. Um, I also like some other prospects more at 51, like Jackson Carmen. Shout out to my guy, Podfather, again. Uh, <laughs> I like him at 51. Uh, and then also later in the in the draft, like Kendrick Green, a guy from Illinois that I really like as well on the interior. Uh, just guys like that. I, I feel uh, Washington at 50, like 51 is, shouldn't be like a, like, hey, they should for sure get alignment or something like that. I think the receiver crop is too good to also pass up on, uh, you know, a Deami Brown. Uh, I know some people think that Kadarius Tony's going to fall to the second round. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I yeah. wouldn't kind of be headstrong on one position, but if he was there and we know we got to see how the, the end of the board falls, but if he was there, uh, I wouldn't be mad at it either playing him on the interior. Okay. So my last question for you on offensive line is going to be, let's say Slater, Darisaw, Sewell are gone uh, by 14. Like you said, it seems like there's no one you're really interested in at 19. Maybe there's a guy you'd be interested in trading back, taking him later or maybe looking at in the second round. Is that the case? And in terms of offensive line? Yeah. Uh, yes. Now, I wouldn't take Cosme at 19. But let's say hypothetically, uh, the Browns are, are hot for, for uh, Jameen Davis, right? And mm-hmm. they want to trade from 19 to 26. Then I would trade that with Cleveland, and I'm taking Cosme at 26. Uh, gotcha. That's personally what I would do. Yeah, and you're probably getting like an extra third-round pick in that trade. Yeah. So it's, you know, yeah. it's a really good value. Okay, that makes sense. And we were talking about a lot of that in our last episode of the notion of trading back. 19 can be a weird spot, you know. Uh, okay, so, Tay, do you want to hit on the linebackers some? Yeah, I had a, few, a, a question about tackle as well. Uh, Alex Leatherwood, um, 6'6". <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> he, he was five-star recruit coming out of uh, Pensacola, mm-hmm. Booker T. Washington. And um, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he, had a, he has an Outland Award as well. Yeah, for best best left best tackle or best offensive lineman in uh, college football, um, some say he could have been a first round pick last year. Yeah, where do you see him standing right now? I um, first, second. I mean, I don't. Want, I know you got the yeah. mock draft coming out, but overall oh, no. grade because the dude is a beast, and I think he's yeah. getting slept on. So I mentioned about him. Uh, I have him going early. Let's just say yeah. that, Good. and. Um, because this is why I said in there and, you know, I'm a bigger dude, so I'm not going to say like he's, he's fat or anything, but he needs, he needs to lose some weight because he doesn't really move laterally very well. Especially yeah. when you're playing tackle, you kind of need to do that. It's pretty important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is so strong. I mean, he's literally, he's one, probably one of the strongest, like when you watch his tape, you, you know that this man is just different. His mm-hmm. strength is unreal. Like you mentioned, he's a big dude, six, six. Um, my only literally, my only concern is, you know, the lateral movement, uh, just stuff like that. But like I said, if he drops a little bit of weight, I'm sure he'll be fine. And, uh, yeah, I could definitely see a team in the back half of the first round taking him uh, after, you know, the big three are gone at tackle. Okay, okay. and then I'm going to follow that up with, is there any, as a Washington fan, is there anybody worth trading up for as far as offensive tackle? So say if um, say if Darsaw's there at, at – 15 and 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 the vikings don't take him is there anybody are you is it is he worth trading up for at 15 or or would you just let him try to slide at 19 i i would say no not because of the talent but no because they're not in a position to where it is a huge need and they're like it needs to be filled mm-hmm. but let's say like and i'm not even a guy who's like oh they shouldn't even attack tackle because of Cornelius Lucas. Like, I think that that line of thinking is like not very smart. Yes. Uh, but for that, you know, in that same aspect, like, Hey, if he was there like 16 or 17 and it costed you like 
a fourth and, you know, that pick, then, yeah, I mean, sure, why not? But I wouldn't trade anything too significant because there's a lot of good talent, which, we're, you know, we're going to get to later, uh, that I'm definitely interested in right. at 19 as well. Right. Okay. Okay. Let me ask one last one, Tay, real quick, because you, just, you, just, you said Cornelius Lucas, and I wanted to just get your mm-hmm. thoughts. What if you do go into the season with Cornelius Lucas? They don't draft a lineman in the first round. How are you feeling about that? I mean, he really played on that second half of the year. He played pretty strong. I mean, right. and not only that, too, I think for the sake of like, I know life isn't fair, but for quote unquote fairness, I'd like to see what Sadiq Charles has, has as well. Mm. I know some people are talking about a move to the uh, interior. Yeah, I'm not, you know, 100% sure on that personally. Uh, but yeah. what I do know is that I think Lucas played, he played fine. I mean, he didn't, he didn't play at a replacement level. Like he played, you know, average starter play. Uh, mm. And you can't, you, you know, you can't be mad at that. So. Uh, I'm. I'd be confident with uh, with Lucas rolling in. It's not. The, it's not the end of the world, basically. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, you could be a lot worse. I mean, we've we've had we had Donald Penn a couple years ago. So <laughs> true. Forgot about that. Uh, go ahead, Tay. Sorry. Um, I'm 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 piggybacking off of uh O line. Is there a scenario where you could see Atlanta going Pitts four, uh, Cincinnati going Chase five? Because apparently. Uh, Burrow was banging the table for for Chase, um, and then say Dolphins go Devonte Smith at six. Is there a scenario where you see a Slater falling, maybe a Sewell into outside of at ten, maybe? Um, and if so, at ten, obviously we're, we got Cowboys, we got Giants, we got Eagles. Is would you see someone trade up? Is is that is a Sewell worth trading up for at 10, 11, 12 range if if he makes it? So the answer to the first part, yes, wink, 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 wink. Okay, yes, <laughs> okay, yes, wink, wink. Uh, in terms of Sewell, I, I, I'm trying not to reveal too much, but think about it like this. Sewell for me is going to be an all pro at some time in his career. If you need a left tackle, by all means, trade up for Sewell. No question about it. Okay. Yeah. I would do it for sure. Yeah. I'll say this too, actually, as we go forward. Uh, what time is your mock draft dropping? Is it noon tomorrow? Oh, no. It's like at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Okay. So okay. I think this, um, I'm not we'll drop this after your mock draft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so I'm, that I'm, way... not, I'm not even tripping, y'all. It's, <laughs> but I, I like talking ball, and trust me, like, it, it, it don't, it's nothing to me, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Tay, you got any more on O line? No, I think that's it. I just, I'm just very intrigued because I think the draft can go multiple ways in favor for Washington. I think Washington's in a really good spot where, um, I guess we'll hit that later on. But um, as uh, far, <laughs> I, <think. laughs> I, I was going to ask, I was going to ask y'all a question real quick. Uh, yeah, I know we're talking about you know OL and you know some LB stuff. Yeah, but hypothetically, right? Um, if Devontae Smith was there at 19, would y'all want him? Would y'all want to take him there? <laughs> we just talked about that, and oh yeah, did? yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think okay. so. I, 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 yeah. At that point, Hands he down. has to be the best player on your board. I'm just assuming he's got to be. What, what about you? No, oh, yeah, no. I, I, <laughs> I, I, mean, okay, yeah. I mean, think about it. He play inside, outside. Yeah. I mean, people people hate players that you can quote, that just quote are like scheme. You just scheme touches for him. Yeah. Well, I have no issue with that. You right. know what I mean? Right, right. Exactly. And that's, um, that is kind of Scott Turner's MO. It's more of a, he, if, if he gets a guy like Devontae Smith, he's going to know exactly how he wants to use him, and he's going to use him like that. And you yeah. can't pass up the opportunity to take what is already a strength in receiving core by adding Curtis Samuel and turn it into what could be a dominant one, With and the, considering the fact that you don't have your quarterback. So if we can't have our quarterback, let's get as many good players as we can in the meantime. So, yeah, and I was also saying if you got the <laughs> 17, 18, maybe I'll give up the fifth to move up a couple spots. Like, you know, not a lot at all. Yeah but a little something. So, and, and of the receiver sliding, I think Smith is the most possible. I could see that too. And, and that's why I'm intrigued by that because everybody's like, Oh, he's 170. Well, I mean, look at Deshaun Jackson. I mean, yeah, he's, he's been injury prone, but I mean, for the most part, he, he's played a lot of it. I mean, in his early years, he played and he was successful. And I, and I just like, I like Devontae Smith a lot. I think if, if he's, if he's there at night at, at 19, I think you you have to run and and hand that card and um, yeah. no ifs ands or buts about it, because, it. No, go ahead. Sorry, but because you're you're going to build and we mentioned this in the in the last pod. Why not? Like Todd just said, why not set your quarterback, your future quarterback of the future, your quarterback of the future up with just as many weapons as possible. 
Exactly. No, I'm I'm with you 100%. I mean, this dude's a good route runner. Like some people, there's some people who think he's going to run like 46, 47, 40. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do not. No, I do no. I think he's a <laughs> no. But I will say this, man. Okay. I said Rashad Bateman. I was like, I think I'll probably run 442, 443. Man, he ran 438 today. I said, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> right. This dude, right. I said, man, this dude might be wide receiver three, bro. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go back and do some yeah. more evaluation. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. yeah, man, seriously. it's. I guess you'd think if if, Dar- if Darasaw slides, it's because other, other positions went off early. If Devontae Smith slides, it's because the quarterbacks and the tackles and the cornerbacks, maybe the linebackers are gone, you know? So yeah. like Tay said, I, maybe we are in a good spot where some positions are going to be gone so early that mm-hmm. we're going to be sitting there with players who shouldn't be there at 19. Who are there at 19? Yeah. And if Devontae Smith is one of them, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> That's a good question. One, one, one question, too. If J.C. Horn is there at 19, what do you do? Because I've heard – I've talked to friends, and they say they say they think he's going to Dallas at 10 or where, wherever Dallas is. They think he's QB uh, CB1. Okay. Um, I mean, do you pass that up? or For me, for me, uh, I don't think – he's CB3 for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I have, I think certain certain in Dallas is too good of a fit. I think he's like the prototypical cover three corner. He's like the, like literally if you're building cover the corner, just get Patrick certain, you just draw him and like, that's him. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh, in terms of Farley, I know he's had, you know, an injury every season. He's had surgeries every season, uh, but he is very polished. He's very good as well. Uh, horn for me at 19, I would be on board with it. If they didn't get William Jackson, the third, like I would be, I'd be fine with it, right. but they, they're paying two corners a lot of money. That's, that's kind of – that would be – like, I'm, I'm a guy who thinks they should get, like, Elijah Molden at 51 and play him in the slot. Like, I'd be mm-hmm. fine with that or, like, a Javon Holland or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Horn, I would I would probably pass up on at 19. But I don't yeah. think he's not, he's going to be bad or something. I think he's going to be a good player. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Linebacker. Yeah. So, okay. going to linebacker right now, mm-hmm. which is a spot where – um, I'm intrigued and um, kind of going se- different. I'm here one day and, and here next day. And um, Parsons, let's start with Parsons. Opinion and is it possible that he can last to 19? And at what point do you trade up for him? Oh, man. So trading up for a linebacker is tough. Um, it's very tough. But, I mean, we're definitely in a position of need where that whole room needs to kind of get revamped. Uh I like Michael Parsons. I know a lot of people are saying there's some issues with like some off the field stuff or some work ethic stuff. I, I'm not really a big believer in that. I have him going early in the draft. Uh, I just, I feel like he's so talented, man. And he, he's, I mean, really, if he was like at, you know, let's say, cause the Eagles, if he was at like pick 13, then yeah, I, I would probably trade up that extra third to get him. Uh, I think that'd be a, he'd be the guy like, you know, Ron Rivera's talked about getting that leader, you know, especially in that mm-hmm. room. I think he'd be that guy. Yeah. Um, I really, really like him though, man. I that's LB one for me. You know, I, he's really good. He's he's oh. he, he's the truth. <laughs> so if you see if you see a draft night, watch you see Parsons on the board, and you see um, a little trade thing come up, and and um, it's, he says Micah Parsons is or or Washington is is moving up. What what's, what am what's I thinking? What, what, what's your immediate reaction right then and there? How, how we how like how far are we going up? Are we going like six spots? Or are we going up like ten spots? We're going up like four spots. Oh, oh, oh I'm I'm jumping for joy. Oh, you'll see me on Twitter. I am jumping for joy. <laughs> I'm saying like I'm like Mike is on the way. Like let's go. Like you know what I mean? That's a great pick. Uh, you hear? Yeah, you, you know they'd just be hashtag Mike is on the way or Parsons on the way or something like that. You know, like I, I'd be I'd be I'd be stoked. You know what's what's unique about that situation is he's a blue chip mm. and you put him at that second level with chase at the, and, and the, the rest of those dogs. I mean, you have, you have two all pros at least within, you know, the next couple of years. And that's why I love it. Yeah. And you got, you know, instincts, you got range, you got leadership, you got like Parsons literally just check Mark, check, 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 check. Like that, the, he, he's, he's, he's going to be very good. He, let's just say he's going to be very good in the NFL. Yeah, uh, uh, 
the and I guess the linebacker position in some ways is being devalued because they're the natural opposite of the running back position, right? Which is also being kind of devalued. Well, at the same time, knowing that you know if you do have an elite running back, that can really take your offense, you know, over the top. If you have an elite linebacker, that can take your defense over the top. Uh, so we're talking about Parsons, but in general, what are your you know feelings on taking a linebacker at nineteen? Uh, let's just exclude Micah Parsons. You know, knowing that there are options in the second round, maybe third round, that will be there that you'd like as well. Are you a big, you know, linebacker at nineteen guy, or a mm, maybe wait on the second? No, I think I'm I'm overall on BPA, uh, but if that's a linebacker, I'm definitely for it. Uh, whether it's JOK, because I know some people say JOK, Jock, uh, whatever. You know, that's I'm a really big fan of him, even though um, you know he is kind of a he's a little bit of a hybrid. He's really like a true hybrid safety linebacker. Uh, Jameen Davis is a guy that I've talked about for a long time that I really like. And if he's getting first round buzz and they have to take him in the first round, I'm for it because you see the instincts there. You see the range, you see the pursuit. Uh, he's great in coverage, great against the run. Like I'm for that. Uh, Zayvon Collins, a guy that Washington football team Twitter really loves. Uh, I'm while I'm not his biggest fan, if they took him at 19, I'm not, you know, really upset at it because I trust the two linebackers that's coaching him to, you know, make him that leader, that guy in the middle that they talk about that they need. So I am a BPA guy, whether that's a linebacker, whether it's a tackle, whether if it's a wide receiver, you know what I mean? But um, I'm not, you know, I'm not upset anyway if they go one of those three, three or four directions at all. Do you think it's fair? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let me ask one more. Do you think it's <laughs> fair to think that linebacker, I'll ask you this too, Tay, I'm asking both of y'all, but I'll start with you, Damien. Do you think it's fair to think, because linebacker is one of those positions that's less value compared to pretty much all the other positions we've got. Market Parsons, we got Jameen Davis, we got JOK, we got Zayvon Collins, and those are just the first round guys we're talking about. But isn't it, do you think it makes sense to think that those are the type of guys and that position will be the ones to slide more? Like that multiple of those guys will be sitting there at 19 for Washington, and that's a position where they could kind of sit and wait on it, move back and wait on it, you know, as opposed to other positions that are going to be there in the first round? You can go, Tay. Um, like, do you see Parsons and JOK and like and and Jami Davis all gone before nineteen? I don't. I don't see that. I see maybe one, and that would be Parsons. But that, I'm I'm iffy on that because of the character concerns, which I have no I have no problems with with Parsons. Um, I can I don't care. You know, like um, you have enough leaders in that locker room. You have enough leaders on the team now that you can kind of build around a player like that. I could see if he was going to a a dumpster fire of an organization like we used to be, but we got some, some people in there that control. I don't, I think I'm gonna go out on a limb and say all four will be there. Mm. Hoping. Okay. Okay. At least three. At least three. three. there at 19. At that point. I mean, and and, you know, I guess I'm asking your opinion. Same for you. Actually, go ahead, Damien. Go ahead. No, no, I agree that, that um, three of the four will be there. Okay. Uh, I think the only one that'll be gone is Michael Parsons. I think that's the only one. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Uh, but I mean, whew. yeah, they're, I think while they are undervalued, they are the glue of a defense. I feel yeah. Like while, you know, you could say like, just like the running back position. I mean, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like they would, they would do anything for an Antonio Gibson right now. You know what I mean? Like, so while, while, yeah, you can, you can say like, they are undervalued because they are, they are, you know, they're very, very important. And I would say that's the, that's the one position that keeps that whole unit together. Right. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna have two questions. And I'm asking both y'all again. If they're all three, if three of the four are sitting there at 19, I mean, do you think that's a situation where we're saying again we can move back? We like all three of them. Maybe we like all three. Maybe there's another one we like. We'll move back. We'll get an extra third, and we'll take whichever one may be left. Or is it just get your guy now? I guess in your opinion, just in your personal opinion, uh, you first, Damon. Oh yeah, no, no. I, I'm. I mean, when you when you're thinking about it, I think it's there's not a big gap between like jok davis and zayvon collins yeah so right but, um i mean if you walk away from that you trade like the cleveland one i feel so good you know what i mean because mm, you're gotcha. gonna get a third moving you know seven spots back right and if you get a zayvon collins out of that or for some reason if jok is there or if you know jameen davis is there oh you, you you're you're happy you know the 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 organization should be you know they should be high-fiving in, in the war room you know what i mean like that's a good spot to be in. And that's something that I'm, I'm definitely like, while I am all for like, Hey, get your guy. If it's so close like that, oh, I, I would have no issue with it. Okay. Tell you what about you? Now, now my worry, um, 
I think, hold on, I'm going to try to, I would move back, but my worry is I believe that linebacker is the easiest position to kind of find later talent, you know, like a, like an undrafted guy or like a, a fourth or, or a third. So that's where I'm a little wary of, you know, do, do you move back? I think if all three are on the board, you move back because of the depth that's in the, the second and the third rounds and maybe even the fourth round, you could like a guy. And um, on top of that, it's like, do you go for safety or do you go? So I think you move back if all three are on the board. Only way you're taking a guy at 19, I think, is if it's Parsons. I mean, that. Yeah, that's just that's just me, because I, I just look at most linebackers in the league. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you look, you look at a lot of them are second rounds or, or late first or, you know, which is their value for the most part. Yeah. Okay. I, I wouldn't. I, and yeah, I'm, I won't push back on that much because I definitely see where you're coming from. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of times some people get kind of too, you know, wrought up with like the athletic por- uh, profile rather than like the instincts with linebacker. That's it's so much instincts, you know yeah. what I mean? Right. And especially like that's what worries me about a guy like Zayvon Collins is yeah. because it's a lot more af- athlete than it is instincts. You yep. know what I mean? So uh, I, I definitely hear you, though, for sure. I, I, I agree what you're talking about. And that's why I'm terrible playing linebacker in Madden because I don't have the instincts of a linebacker. I bite on the play action every time I take the wrong gap. So I just I had to stop doing that. I'm a lot better with playing D-line now. Or, um, okay, so one more question for you. Would it be more of a, let's say, travesty, although personally it wouldn't be a travesty for me for either, but let's just say, would it be more of a travesty for you for Washington to hit offensive line and not address linebacker going into the season with the guy at linebacker while upgrading the line or to not hit offensive line and to upgrade at linebacker? Which one would be worse to lead as it is? It would be, it would be worse to, to hit offensive line and not get linebacker. Okay. I think that entire room needs to get changed. Like even KPL didn't play too bad. I won't. I'll say that, but Holcomb was was pretty bad. Uh, mm. Bostic, especially in that Tampa Bay game, I, I know y'all watched the film on that. Uh, I felt he was pretty bad as well. Right. Um, and I think just that whole room just needs to kind of get. It just needs some different life and there, some new blood. <laughs> if you got will. you, <laughs> got you. Okay, you feel the same way, tape. Yeah. Yeah. I think linebackers huge. However, I do think they have some some guys that are in there. I think Hudson. I can see him t- stepping up and taking a role this year and developing. And I don't know what their plan is for Harvey. Um, I don't is he Josh Harvey Clemens? Yeah. Is he still on the team? <laughs> I think so. Didn't he sit out last year? Yeah, he's he's or been, was he's, it he's been who was Washington, Washington, I feel forever too. Was yeah. it was it was it him or or Sean Dan Hamilton that sat last year? I can't remember. It was it was uh, Harvey Clemens. Gotcha. Okay, okay. So yeah, they yeah. Cut, they cut Sean Dion. Okay. Um all right, so let me – I mean, so, we're, yeah, I guess we're talking about maybe all three of those guys being there. When you look at the math, if we're anticipating – and we won't give away your mock draft, Dame. You don't have to give anything away. But if we're anticipating five quarterbacks being gone before 19, so that's five. Kyle Pitts, that's six. The three receivers, that's nine. The three offensive linemen, that's 12. Um, and then we're probably expecting maybe two cornerbacks, that's 14. Micah Parsons, that's 15. You know, it's, like, it's not crazy to think. And then a couple guys going earlier, it's not crazy to think that if that happens the way you know we're expecting, then there's going to be a your pick of the litter for linebacker at 19. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Okay. Um, all right, so let's talk about some of those non-first round options then, Dame. Um, uh, guys like you know Pete Warner, guys like uh, McGrone, guys like uh, uh, Bolton, uh, Browning, Surratt, Cox. I know I just threw a bunch of names at you. <laughs> talk about which one you like the most outside of the first round um so for me jabril cox second round i i, I love you know okay. what i mean like we were talking earlier instincts over athleticism he's all he's great instincts uh great in coverage definitely a will uh, at the next level a guy that i really like uh, another guy chas Surratt. now this is this is interesting for me right he's a very young he's young at the position because he hasn't played that position very long but you see the pursuit and the instincts there already I think from being a former quarterback, he kind of can see the field a lot different or he understands, you know, anticipation, stuff like that differently because he was a quarterback. Uh, I wouldn't mind taking a swing on him in like the third or fourth round for sure. Uh, Baron Brown is another guy who, you know, he's going to be will at, a will at the next level. Uh, 
definitely, you know, a lot of these guys, once you're getting into rounds like three, four, five, it's very one-dimensional. It's very like, hey, they're good in coverage or they're good as a pass rusher or they're good against the run. Like that's right. kind of okay. it. Gotcha. Uh, but I feel like they all can offer something. And like Surratt, Browning, and Cox are like my three, like my top three that I personally like for Washington in the later rounds. Okay. And, um, and okay, so – and then going back to just the first round quickly, Parsons is gone – of the of the Collins JOK Jamin Davis, who is your pick? Uh, at nineteen, out of, out of just the linebackers, I would say. Oh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Jamin Davis. I'm gonna go. I'm, I've been I've been <laughs> I've been talking about him for so long. Right. I just I'm I'm gonna speak it into existence because I like JOK. I really do, and I appreciate his versatility. I appreciate how he's just a chess piece along the defense. Uh, you can kind of really play him everywhere. He's played taking some uh, reps in the slot taking some slept, uh, some reps at linebacker. Like, I appreciate that. But, man, Jameen Davis is unreal. He's more of your linebacker that you need, uh, and I, I, I would just go there. Okay. And, I mean, I guess the one thing – I'm sure that 4-3 that he ran definitely made you only want him more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, JOK seems like the kind of guy where if they pick him – you you're gonna I guess you would as fans will will get excited because we'll say they have a plan for how to use him in mind because he seems like the type of player where you need to have a plan for how to use him or he's gonna get lost because you know he is that hybrid player but if you yeah. put him in that role and you you know how you want to use him I think he can be phenomenal yeah and I mean you gotta remember too we saw this with Isaiah Simmons last year exactly exactly you know what I mean like people were saying oh he was horrible he's a bust oh he's terrible you know, the first four weeks, and then he closes out the, the season completely different, you know. So I, I agree 100%. You, if you draft a player like that, whether it's on either side of the football, um, you know, you have to have that plan in place of you already know how to use him. And I feel like with a guy like him, he would be very valuable to, like, trust me, I think he's going to be a good player as well. Uh, I think he's already better in run support than, you know, Isaiah Simmons is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, hey, if they do, did go that route, I'm not going to be complaining. Like, I'll think it's a good pick too, you know, it's, It'll be really hard for Washington to, you know, be terrible and pick a and, and pick someone that's not good at nineteen. I just feel like they're they're in, they have they have such a huge margin for error. They'd have to do something. They'd have to pick Mac Jones at nineteen, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> for me to be upset. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I love that, but um, they are okay, man. I think he's a luxury pick. Uh, I think you need to build your linebackers first and then he can be a pick. But when you have no set linebackers, I think you just need to get a guy that can be stable. Um, that's like picking Simmons last year without having a, you know, I just think that's a luxury pick that you can wait and try to find like a, a, a second round guy that's like that or a third round guy. But I think with that 19 pick, if you're going to go linebacker, you need to get a guy that can like a Parsons, like a, a Janine Davis or a Jamin Davis or like a, um, uh, I don't like Collins at all. I think he's too stiff, but like a Collins. Nah, I, I, I agree hundred percent on that. Nah, I, I feel you. I feel, I feel you. <laughs> I, I definitely think with Collins, uh, it's, it's a lot more ath- athlete over instincts, man. I get and Preston can, Smith vibes with him. Yeah. I mean, and that'll only, that'll only give you, that'll only take you so far. I mean, and that's right. what I'm saying. And I'm, and like I said, whenever I tweeted that, I was like, I was like, give me uh, Jabril Cox. I think I said Jabril Cox or Jameen Davis at 51 over Collins at 19. And people were like, what? He played, he's played this and he's, he, you know, he's done that and da, da, da. I'm like, bro, I know what he played. Like, I, I, I literally wrote the mock draft. Like, I know. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like, you know, and I'm not saying that to be arrogant. Like, no. I know what he played, you know. But, like, I'm telling you, when you got multiple people, including myself, saying this dude is a lot more athlete than instinct, like, Hey, we see that all the time. You know what yeah. I mean? We see, I mean, Sean Deion Hamilton was a great athlete and, and I'm, you know, I, I'm, you know, no, no disrespect, but you know, he was terrible. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> call I mean, like you it, see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of just what it is. Yeah. I was watching those guys. I was watching JOK and I went from watching JOK straight to watching Zayvon Collins. And it was, you could just, you know, immediately see the difference. And obviously there's a big weight difference, but the movement and whatnot. So let me ask you this then, because we talked about, you know, JOK and, and players are their own. Thing, right Landon Collins is not going to play linebacker for this team he's not going to become a linebacker however that hybrid role that we're talking about of being that third safety you know of being that 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 box guy but you're playing you've still got curl and you still got your free safety on the field that hybrid kind of player is that not something you think that Landon Collins can do they would have to they would have to tell him that he's not a linebacker. I right. Think. 
You would just have tell to, them what he, he wants would to hear. To be under the impression that he's not a linebacker. <laughs> right. Uh, my only issue with like the quote unquote hybrid is when we talk about players like that, they have good coverage ability. You know, all due respect, he does not have good coverage ability. I mean, right. we see him in cover two and, and he doesn't, he's lost. I mean, he's legitimately lost. He's yeah. lost when he plays cover two. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And then man coverage. I mean, we see tight ends, you know, they have good days against him. Um, just keeping a stack. You no, know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. And I'm like, that's just, real. Oh, we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's just, man, he's he's one of those. It's his his situation is so interesting because Curl is too good to not play him. Yes. Uh, but Collins is, gets paid too much to not play him. <laughs> and right, only, right. As I like Cam Curl a lot, he doesn't have you know that single high range to you know mm-hmm. go sideline to sideline. No, but he's too good, too in, again, instinctive. Yes, to you know to not play him. So right. For me, Landon, I can I understand like the move to linebacker and you know the, the thoughts like it's it's cool on you know if he can be Sam if he can be the Sam for this defense I'm all for it, but I just don't think it's I just don't think it's going to happen. I'd be curious. Now, Go ahead, Tate. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to quickly say yeah, I, if you you know cutting him now is you're going to lose cap space that post June. Landon Collins is a guy who I wonder if he makes it on the roster out of uh, out of camp. Or, or if he is, ends up being, depending on how the draft flows, a, a, a post June one cut. Uh, if they say, you know, we, you know, he doesn't want to be used how we kind of see using him, and we're not going to not play curl, and so we'll just, you know, we'll cut him, and we won't lose cap this year, and we'll just apply it towards next year. I'm curious to see that. I don't think it happens, but if you do it as a post June designation, or if you do it after June one, then suddenly the cap thing changes. I think he'll be on the team though, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see how he yeah. plays. I mean, th- I mean, think about it, guys. Like. Let's just you know honest open discussion. Like where do y'all where do y'all see him fitting like around the league? Like if he's not going to change positions, like at strong safety, yeah. Like because they they switched it to where they play a lot of cover one or they play a lot of single high and they bring him you know to be that plugger and cover one and stuff like that, right? And oh my goodness, I mean it hasn't been good. It hasn't. No, it really hasn't. And I've tried and I've tried to like you know not like kind of just be like naive and just not even you know be so harsh on it. Yeah. But it's been bad, man. Yeah. I mean, and then think about it. Like, where do y'all where, like realistically, like off the top of your head, like where do you see him playing? You know no. what I mean? Like, I, if he's not if he's gonna play strong safety, you know, he's not gonna move the linebacker. Like, what is he gonna do? Right, right. I think I, I think with him, if if he gets cut, he has no choice if he wants to stay in the league. But but for instance, say if say if we go drop trade back, we go Morick at twenty four or twenty three. You think it's the writing on the wall? Oh, more, more gets me excited. Oh, he gets me. <laughs> hey, I would. I just, uh, yeah, no, if it was if it was Trevon, you know, whatever, wherever they want to take him. Yeah, no, I mean, you would, he would have to take it at, like that. You know what I mean? He'd have no choice. I mean, right? Because at, at that point, even though he's a special teamer, like they like DeShazer, right? And he plays whatever you want to list him. He's a safety, mm-hmm. uh, Cam Curl safety. I honestly think they like they like Jeremy Reeves too. I honestly think that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, and they're not going to keep five or six safeties. You know no. what I mean? So, no. Yeah. I mean, Apke's done. Apke ain't coming back. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, but, I guess <laughs> the only scenario I could think of is if they put if they throw Cameron Curl back in that big nickel role that they had him before Collins got hurt and put Collins back at strong safety. But what what expectation is there for improved play because at strong safety? Lana Collins was struggling and I mean as a tackler as in terms of instincts in terms of run fits in terms of coverage I mean he was just he was struggling yeah. across the board and I mean maybe you could say okay well the defense was still getting it you know stuff figured out and then he got hurt and maybe he would have improved with the defense you could also say maybe the defense improved after he got hurt because Cameron Crow came in and played better <laughs> yeah and, and then think about it too like when they run that big nickel like even if they were to to switch like they were to you know switch Collins and Curl right they would strictly have to use like Collins as a pass rusher off, you know, from his nickel spot. <laughs> right. Like, like seriously, like they, like it would not be, it would not be, he would not take any coverage assignments. Uh, even stuff like his stuff against the run was, you know, it's been pretty inconsistent. You know what I mean? Like, yes. So that's yes. why it's like, if they were to do like that big nickel again and, and, you know, they were to switch cause Co- cause curls much better in coverage. And, you know, like Kimes mentioned, you know, he was a, he was a corner. Uh, he's right. played a good amount of corner as well in college and in high school, stuff like that. It's like Landon Collins. I don't know. I don't know enough about his background, but I don't know if he ever played corner. I don't think he ever did. I think he was legitimately mm. like a linebacker or safety right. for his entire, you know, football life. 
because yeah. he doesn't have any technique when he's when he's uh you know defending right off the line of scrimmage man he, he just might as well give him a free release man <laughs> right you know? yeah. right I, yeah and I, that's I when you go back him. to yeah I can't see him on the team, honestly, especially after what Rivera said today, talking about diversity and and um, scheme diversity, talking, versatility you know, and whatnot, versatility. And I just think that he kind of limits that aspect, and you know exactly what he's going to do when he's on the field. Yeah, and he'll get exposed. So I think I, I can't see him on the team. No offense if he's listening or whoever Landon Collins fans. I, I just cannot see him on the team after. I think it'd be a post June one. That's when you go, we go back to signing free agents, not just because they're a player who exists, but signing guys who fit what you want to do. But back when Landon Collins was signed, who was your defensive coordinator? Was it Joe Bear? Greg Minuski. I think it was Minuski. And then the coaching staff wasn't having much say in who was brought in. It was Bruce Allen just bringing in guys saying, make it work. And then it doesn't work, you know? So, and that's the, that's the thing that can be exciting now is that they signed Curtis Samuel because they know how they want to use him. They signed Mm -hmm. William Jackson because they know what they want him to do. They're going to draft guys because they know the the coaches who are going to be scheming up the plays for them know how they want them to be used. So that's one of the most exciting things for me going into this draft is saying, you may pick a guy and I, I, maybe I don't love it personally, but I'm trusting that you already have a vision for how to use him the way Scott Turner did with Antonio Gibson, you know? So um, let's just touch on quarterback real quick because it would be a crime not to, in basically every conversation, but uh, who's, who's your guy where he's, he's sitting at four and the Falcons are, are saying, we want, we want a haul and, and we'll give you this pick. Who is your guy that you're saying for Washington, I'd move up. Or are you saying you'd move up at all? Oh, Fields. Okay. No, no doubt about it. Uh, not at, not moving to four would be a lot. I think. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be a lot for sure. It's uh, like number one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think. I think. Uh, so I've written about it, like you know, in a mock draft that they watched and traded from nineteen to seven. I think right. they could, if they did that, you know, that's really, and, yeah. and people might think like, oh, you know, it's only three spots, but trust me, that's a it, you won't. It's a big picking, difference. Yeah, trading to the top ten rather than the top five, it's completely different. It is. Um, but Fields, you know, I think he'd run that Scott Turner offense beautifully. I mean, he's extremely accurate. I mean, we we know he's extremely accurate. You know, mm-hmm. almost an eighty-one percent NFL completion percentage after they adjusted it, right. according to PFF. You know, can throw balls at all three levels of the passing game. Like, he's a he's a he's an amazing prospect. I, I I'd have no no issue with them trading up for Fields or even Lance. I mean, I know uh, I've mentioned it a, a, a many times that I feel like he's a guy who needs to learn uh, the passing game from deep to short rather than short to deep, kind of like how Josh Allen did it. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but man, he, I mean, he's another good player. Like any yeah. of those two, I'd have no issue. The only quarterbacks I'd have them an issue like trading up with or selecting is like Mac Jones or Kyle Trask. Gotcha. Like, okay. Seriously, that's like, that's it. Okay. Uh, so then let's go. Where do you stand on? Because you know we would love for them to be able to trade up. We'll see what happens. Who knows? But it seems unlikely, right? Just it seems like those guys will probably be gone. We we assume. Let's talk second or third round. Do, do you have any interest in them taking a guy in the second or third round, or are you saying roll with what we got, try again next year? Yeah, I'm I'm a big roll. You got. Um, I think in in round two, there's too much talent there to to select a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, statistics show. I mean, unless Kellen Mond is going to be something that we don't know. Uh, I'm just not. I'm I'm not I'm not for you know them selecting quarterback within the first three rounds. If they're not going after the big four, just don't just don't bother. I mean, seriously, you you go from a Kellen Mond, you can have a guy like Jabril Cox, Elijah Molden, uh, Javon Holland, even an Andre Cisco. Like you know what I mean? You can have guys that really fit what you need uh, and will be day one contributors, rather than a quarterback that I don't even think probably will be better than Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be interested in it. Yeah, that's uh that's kind of where we stand too. Where if it happens, then it happens, and we won't hate it, but we're not advocating for it necessarily. It's frustrating, though, to be in this position again, but, you know, this is life as a Washington football team fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, after, after, this, after this last, you know, run with, with Dwayne, it was kind of like, man, it kind of put everything into perspective a little bit for mm-hmm. you as well. You know what I mean? It definitely did. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, we got to see Dwayne play, you know, and we know where, you know, where it stands, and we saw the off-the-field stuff, so we kind of got an idea. Uh, but man, yeah, next year, 2022, they got to do, I mean, they got to try to do something. I mean, I mean, I don't know. What do y'all think? Do y'all think well, Fitzpatrick will be here for uh, next season as well? Or no, do you think it's strictly a one-year deal? Uh, depending on how, you know, he performs, if he ends up starting all 17 games, I think that alone would indicate regardless of 
you know, if, if he's, if they win four games and he's probably not starting all 17 games, you know what I mean? If he's yeah. starting all 17, it means you were probably at least coming down to the wire contending for the playoffs. And if that happens, I think you are resigning him because even if you get a rookie, I think you still want to have him in the room. So if yeah. he starts, you know, uh, um, all 17 or at least most of the games, depending on health, then I think he's back. But if he ends up getting benched due to performance, for Kyle Allen or Taylor Heineke or a rookie, <laughs> then I think he's probably not back. I, what do you think, Tay? Yeah, same. I, I think he comes back under circumstances of winning and uh, production. Um, I want to piggyback off the the late round. Sorry, the second, third round quarterback option. I'm against it, but I, I really love Davis Mills. And my my understanding is if, like like Todd mentioned, if they pick a quarterback, that means they have a plan. And that means they're all in agreement. So I think the benefit that we have if we do select the quarterback in the second or third is the fact that they get to sit for a year and develop. I I, I think that Davis Mills, if he would have played this year, uh, came went back to school, I think he would have been a first-round pick. And and that's uh, in, in 2022. And, and that's why I think um, – if he has an opportunity to develop and sit behind a veteran for a year, maybe I think he'll be good. But like you said, the talent, man, the receiver talent, the linebacker talent is way too huge to, to, yeah. to kind of hit that in second or third this year. Yeah. So, I mean, we're pretty much all in agreement, but we're also like, there's a level of trust that exists with the coaching staff and the decision yeah. makers yeah. where, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to bash you. We're going to say, okay, I would have done it, but I'm also watching to see how it plays out. Whereas in the past, we would have just bashed them. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know we, we do actually know better than you. I think those are all the questions I have. Um, Tay, do you have anything else you want to throw at Dame? Spurs fan? Yeah. yeah pretty I see one. you on Twitter, man. I see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I cover the Spurs for Air Alamo too. Like, no, oh, so wow. I, I haven't, yeah, no, I haven't uh, written an article in about a month and a half now. I've just been so busy with the, with the uh, NFL draft stuff. Right. But yeah, no, pretty big Spurs fan. That's kind of how I broke into like sports, you know, writing. Uh, gotcha. I'm still a full-time student too. So I still, you know, got to manage my time and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I like the Spurs. Uh, shout out to Marta Rosen. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I, see, I, you, I see you pitching them though every time. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm, and trust me, I'll be coming up with my own hashtags and everything like that. Like I'll, I'll be trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> I interviewed, I interviewed Keldon Johnson back in October, last October. Mm, and man. I told him, I was like, man, I was like, you need to tell DeMar to like holler at me. I need those Nike. I need those Kobe's. Like I, I always take the L on sneakers. Like, can I, you know, and he was just laughing. I was like, man, you better, you better be. I'm serious. Like, don't laugh. I'm, I'm not like, joking. Yeah, for real. <laughs> gotcha. That's- hey, who, hey, who do y'all like in basketball? Real quick, though. Who do y'all like? I'm, I'm, I'm Wizards. Yeah, we're Wizards. Wiz- oh, okay. Y'all, y'all, we're so both in D.C. What do y'all think yeah. about uh, Denny Abdia? Y'all like Denny Abdia? I love right him. Oh, yeah. I love him. Yeah. It's going to take him a while, but I love yeah. him. Yeah. I like yeah. Rui, too. Um, So there's a couple of, of, like, the DMV folks who always, like, will at me with Wizards stuff and about Denny Abdia because I wrote a lot about Denny Abdia. And, uh, man, I like him a lot. He's so much more than a spot-up three-point shooter, though. Like, right. trust me, you, you will like Denny Advia much more in, like, two to three years. And yeah. one more, I don't want to take, you know, I don't want to take him too much. But what do I think no, about Rui? What do I think Love about Rui? Yeah, I, I like think, Rui. Oh, man, he's good. Very good. Yeah. 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 I think he'll be an all-star in about two years. Yeah, and, and is he playing more of the three or the four for y'all? Or oh. can he play the five? Can he play the five, two, or no? Not really. No, no five, nah. no. Man, I like I liked Rui Hachimura for me was like so interesting. I I don't I'm really curious to see where kind of how he develops too, especially him and like Russ. How y'all feeling about the Russ trade? Y'all, love y'all, it. y'all still like it, it now? It, it happened. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think with Wall Wall, he's just what Russ did the other night. We have never seen from Wall ever. Yeah. 35, yeah. 21, and, Ru- and 14. That was nuts. I think Russ can get to a level that John Wall just can't yes. really get to at times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I'm, 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 man, the Wizards, man. Oh, I feel so bad for you. Man. <laughs> oh my goodness. Man. I can only invest so much in the Wizards, considering how much I invest into the Washington football yeah, team. Oh, the well, Washington is so much worse than the Wizards. Yeah, At least, you know. So I like, think about it. You know, like it's so bad. Like for so long. Thank the yeah. Lord for Robert right. Like, <laughs> and then you got the other two teams in DC who are winning championships now, but the two yeah. that are kind of the biggest are <laughs> the worst. But hey, man. <laughs> Maybe that'll all change here real soon. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Um, oh, I have just one quick question for you. What are you yeah. in school for? Uh, so I'm a 
So over at Texas State, they don't have a strict like journalism program. It's basically the School of Journalism and Mass Communications. Okay. So I'm an electronic media and mass communications major. Gotcha. And then my minor is in sports psychology. So mm-hmm. I'm learning like, even though like I'm fat, like I'm learning about the exercise of the body. I'm learning about the body, like the, the brain and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm saying I'm very blessed. You know, I've, mm-hmm. uh, I also read, I'm, I'm also a reporter for the University Star. So I'll that. go yeah. and interview like the athletes and, you know, write stories. That's what I really like doing more than anything. Just, you know, right. interviewing athletes and writing stories, you know, telling their story uh, through mm-hmm. my words. So the ultimate you know, goal is to be a, a journalist covering like a, what kind of journalist doing what? Um. So my my end goal is to have my own TV show, um, like where I bring in guys like um like remember b- back in the day on ESPN where they used to bring in like Tim Legler to talk about basketball mm-hmm. and like they brought in Trent Dilfer to talk about football. Yeah, I basically want to have a huge show where I'm bringing in guys who know more than I do and love the game, you know, and we're just talking about sports in a little bit of debate format, but also kind of talking just helping people learn the game. I feel like uh, this this you know the broadcasting the everything like that is so saturated people who, who are just passionate about having an opinion rather than actually knowing. And me, like as, you know, as not arrogant, as humble as I can say this, I put in so much time to the point where like, all I, all I do is like gym, school, work, family. Like I don't have a social life. I don't do none of that. I just, I'm surrounded by people who love me. You know what I mean? And so like, trust me, I, I, I that's, that's my, my passion is just to learn the game and know the game. And uh, that's why I'm, I, I'm here with y'all. Because yeah. y'all love the game. I love, you know, talking to people who do that. And, uh, yeah, man, trust me. Once One day when I have it, we'll all come back and we'll have, be, I'll be on my show. Y'all going to put me on that mumbo sauce, though. I heard that mumbo sauce is legit. Oh, man. Oh, you got to yeah. get out here and have yeah, some I heard, of that. I heard the mumbo sauce legit. And um, uh, it's like a chili dog, uh, a hot dog. Ben's uh, Chili. Ben's Chili. Yeah, bowl. yeah, Ben's Chili. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that. That's very, very good, too. Yeah, man. You got to get out here for sure. I mean – the fact that you're doing it, you got your podcast, you're good already in terms of like speaking eloquence, you're knowledgeable, you put in the work and you're in school for it. There's no reason it can't happen. So just keep doing what you're doing and you'll definitely get there. I appreciate there. y'all. I appreciate definitely. y'all. Thanks for joining us. You know, we had to get you in before you're too big time for us. So, <laughs> so thanks for joining us, man. It was a great conversation. We'll talk again soon. We'll talk on Twitter and stuff. But thanks, man. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details